0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Yankees win last night, 6-2. They get home runs from Lemehu from Dominguez, from Stanton, from Judge. There was a power surge against a pitcher they've struggled against, historically, Verlander, in that ballpark, men and maid. So it was fun to see the young kids come up, provide a bit of a spark, I wonder if Yankee fans are still rooting for losses just because you don't want to have this season end with positive momentum, something to be happy about, optimism, and it means that that the current brass and the infrastructure returns the same way and all you did was tinker with the analytics department. I don't think Yankee fans are having that. Meanwhile, the Mets, they beat the Mariners 2-1. Ronnie Mauricio got a a, a, a 117-mile-per-hour Rocket launch off of his at-bat, or off of his bat I should say. Uh, The Mets win. He gets a hit. Beatty snapped his 0-for-21 streak. If you're in this area, Yankees and Mets fans, you're not looking ahead to October. What you're looking ahead to is the growth and the maturation of what could be your future. So we spent the entire first hour talking about that, but let's transition to, to football. Season is almost here. Five days away, you get Chiefs, Lions, which should be fun. Two teams expected to win their respective divisions. And then you get the Giants in action against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. By the way, just want to continue to promo. Brandon Jacobs and I will be coming your way live September 10th from 11 to 2. Uh, we are going to be here a lot throughout the NFL season doing, a couple, uh, doing some shows together. So I'm excited about that. Get to hang out with a two-time Super Bowl champion. And we will go... Knee deep into what should be a fun NFL season. As far as the, the Jets and Giants are concerned, I, I need y'all to stop ducking the smoke. Let's have an honest conversation about what the expectations should be. For the Jets, I hear it's Super Bowl or bust. Is that the case? No, but I do think that at the very least, you need to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. Advance around. And I think Jet fans need to stop shying away from that being a legitimate expectation. Because if all you do is make the playoffs and get bounced in round one, that's a failure. No one is going to come away from that feeling good about the season. All we heard last year was what? You have an average quarterback, you get to the playoffs. And that was accurate because the defense was elite. What, they lose four games last season in which they surrendered 20 or fewer points? That's brutal. That's hard to take, including that punt return for a touchdown in Foxborough, a game I'm never going to forget. So if you say that an average quarterback gets you to the playoffs last year, what does a Hall of Famer, four-time league MVP, do with this team this year? At the very least, it's not just getting to the playoffs, it's winning a playoff game. And I understand, look, the conference is unforgiving. We just mentioned the Chiefs, who are going to be playing Thursday night. Uh, getting their championship rings, Mahomes, unbelievable. He's he's hosted five straight AFC championship games. It always like you know it because you've watched it, but then you hear it and it's unbelievable how he's never played a road playoff game, never played a road playoff game. The only time they haven't been an hour ahead was when they were in the Super Bowl on a neutral site. But Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're the favorites should be. Uh the Chris Jones situation is interesting because that could their defense is not it's not great. It's about average. He's their best player and that could cause some problems if, if you know, he misses the first 8 weeks, which is what he is threatening to do. But the Chiefs should be the favorites. Burrow, arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL. He was one One play last year away from getting back to the Super Bowl, which would have been back-to-back for him. The Bengals are awesome. Worried about his calf, but they should be great if he's healthy. Josh Allen has won this division three straight years, and he has a top-two MVP finish. The Jets, I mean, have, have they won the AFC East twice? Allen has more division titles in the last three years than the Jets have ever? Which is crazy. So, yes, that's a team that you're concerned about. Lamar, and we forgot about him. He's a former league MVP. Healthy now with weapons. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. Look at the Steelers. Mike Tomlin's team's never finished under 500. So you just start there, and then you work your way up from what you think the leap looks like for Kenny Pickett. And that's not even to mention the Browns with Deshaun. And if he's able to get back to what he was prior to his off-the-field issues. Could the Broncos rebound. Russ was 4-11 and 11 as a quarterback. It was his worst season of his career. But now that he has Sean Payton, is there a second act for Russell Wilson? And we know that defense is tremendous. So if they can figure out their offense, that's another player. The Chargers, Justin Herbert. I get it. You go through the list of all the teams that they're going to be up against in this conference that is loaded. It's a challenge. But one of the reasons we rave about how arduous the path is in this conference is because the Jets also play in it the Jets are considered to be a good to great teams and it's like we're going in circles when someone challenges you know challenges a Jets fan on you know why they're going to stink how do you counter with that well I think we're a great team, and you look at the defense—the combination of offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year—and a guy who would have been the offensive rookie of the year had he not gotten hurt with Brees Hall, and then now you throw in Dalvin Cook. But once the expectations for said great team becomes gotta make some noise in the playoffs, it's like you backtrack. Oh, it's a tough conference. Ain't nobody want to hear that. It's not like the conference, by the way, is going to get any easier. So let's just say you get bounced in the wild card round. Why should you feel great about that? Well, it's one year under your belt. Okay, it's also a year, another year of Rodgers getting older. And it's not like you look at the, 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 the landscape of what's happening in the AFC and you think things are going to dramatically change two years from now. Josh Allen's locked up in Buffalo. He's not going anywhere. Maybe we could see some changes with their offense. Could this be the last year of Diggs in Buffalo? Who knows? McDermott, if they flame out early in the postseason. Could this mean the end of his tenure there? Maybe they shake some things up. but when you just look at the quarterbacks with Mahomes and with Allen and with Burrow and with Herbert. These guys are already locked up or in the midst of being locked up. Lamar just got paid. Conference ain't going anywhere. It's not going to get easier. And you are in that unique spot where unlike, you look at all the contenders, and this is not just in the AFC, it's also in in the NFC. All the contenders have young quarterbacks who you really feel like are going to be with their team for the next five to seven years at least. The Jets have this small window. It's two to three years at best. And who knows what's going to happen to Rodgers at the end of this season. You don't get older and healthier. You don't get older and, you know, if he's not washed, get close. you don't get older and get further away from being washed. It happens quickly. So you think you have a long window or a longer window than just one season, but you just never know. So I think they have to make the playoffs. They have to win around. And that's where you deem it a success. And even then, it's disappointing, but it gives you a jumping off point for the next season. But to go all in with Dalvin Cook, $8 million, you can't tell me the, 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 the floor or there's, you know, yeah, the floor is just making the playoffs. No. I want to hear that. And for the Giants, make the playoffs. No excuses. I'm sorry. Why, why are Giants fans so damn scared? This is not the energy I expected from them. These fans love their head coach. Love their new weapons. You love retaining both coordinators. And you just paid your quarterback a lot of money. You got to make the playoffs. You don't pay it. What team pays their quarterback and and is expected to, in that ensuing season, miss the playoffs? That's silly. Then I hear, well, you know what? Let's just say they do miss the playoffs, but he takes the leap to where he's a top 10 quarterback. How does that happen at the same time? How does Daniel Joe—everyone would—I don't want to say everyone would agree. Most of us would agree— that Jones is somewhere in that 13 to 16, 17 range as a quarterback. So if he's taking a, a a ginormous jump into the top 10, where we get to the end of the season, we're like, yo, this is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. How are we arriving at a place where they missed the playoffs? I just don't see that. I don't see that at all. It's hard to believe that we get to the conclusion of this season. They miss the playoffs. And you're like, you know what? I feel great about my quarterback. You paid him because you thought that he could continue to get better with this head coach, who, you know, maximizes the potential of everyone on his roster, including that quarterback who we didn't think would get a second contract, but parlayed his season into $40 million a year. You have the head coach and I and. I keep reading all these articles about like why they're expected to take a step back, and you're given the metrics and the schedule being tougher. The one thing it doesn't account for is the guy you employ at your head coach position, a guy who took C talent and made them B level, uh, made them a B level team where you won a road playoff game. So please don't tell me you'd be okay with them missing the playoffs. You got to see it. No, you don't. You don't have to see it. It's a weak conference. Your division is tough, but can we not go 1-5-1 and one in your division next year? Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I actually was elated. I was driving in listening to Anita Marks, who does a great job on, on, on her show, and she played her interview with Kimberly Martin, and, and Kimberly said she wouldn't be surprised if the Giants challenged the Cowboys for second in this division. So at least we have some people high on them. You got to be. I think, now this might sound crazy. I think there's a better chance that the Giants win the division than they finish in last place. I don't think they're going to win the division. That's not my expectation. That's not where I put in them. And in in a weird way, the reason why it sounds silly is because I do have them better than the Eagles and the Cowboys. But I just think that they're closer to the top than they are to the bottom. The commanders, the Sam Howell thing. I'm, I'm not. I I cannot put my confidence in that quarterback situation. Then they've already got weird vibes with Eric Bien-Aimé. His Players feel like he's coaching them too hard. So that feels already like it's a little shaky. And I just don't believe in your quarterback. My thing is when you pay your guy top dollar, at minimum the expectation should be you make the playoffs. You've got a ton of weapons. You, you just add it to your defense with Boogie Basham and Isaiah Simmons, who's a former top 10 pick, and you feel like whatever his ceiling is wasn't realized because he was playing you know for a team that now is tanking. But Wink Martindale was going to be able to get him as close to that as possible because the talent is there. And if you hit on that, you've got a lot of depth on that side of the ball, whereas last year you didn't. So come on now. Saquon's back, and he's happy. Everything unfolded perfectly this offseason for the Giants. We thought Saquon, like, that was going to be a huge distraction. That was going to be a cloud hovering over this organization for training camp, maybe bleeding into the regular season, and it just, like that, went away in a blink of an eye. Snap of a finger was gone. Saquon, we haven't heard a peep from him. So you got him locked in, ready to roll. And if you're a Giants fan... Is your expectation that you know he's going to get hurt and take a step back? No. Well, how do I know that? Because you all were excited when he returned, and you don't get excited about a player you think is going to regress or succumb to injuries. So you're high on him as well. Waller, Great Camp, Hyatt, nothing but love you're hearing for him. So there are so many things you love about this team, and yet you're expecting them to take a step back and would be fine with it? Make it make sense. 800 919 Your phone calls will be returned right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN. So DJ Ray LeMahieu Rome. is leading off batting first and playing first base. If he's leading off, of course he's batting first, Ty. And uh, Aaron Judge is in right field, batting second. How about this? Batting third in center field, Jason Dominguez. What? There you go, Jason. Stanton is the DH. He bats cleanup. Volpe's the shortstop. Bats fifth. Austin Wells also had a hit last night in his debut. He's going to bat sixth. Everson Pereira in left field bats seventh. Oswald Peraza. Your second baseman tonight, it looks like uh, Gleyber Torres is dealing with a little bit of uh, back tightness. So is in there again tonight. Oswaldo Cabrera is your third baseman, batting eighth. Uh, and he rounds out the lineup. I said eighth. He's ninth. Luis Severino is your starter tonight. He's actually pitched well in his last two starts. And it's funny because you're, you're wondering, is this a, a, a late effort for him to convince them to bring him back on a little bit of a short-term prove-it deal? You would imagine no one's going to lock themselves into big, big time money uh, with Severino, with how how bad he's been and the injuries continuing to uh, bedevil him. So it's interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Ace in Long Island. What's up, Ace? me a second, bro. Yo, what's up, Ace? How you doing?
2: Yo, man, it's Allen, Man, I just had. To, I just don't want to curse.
1: Uh, come on, you gotta be better than you were last time, bro.
2: I know, I know, I know, I know. Basically, I'm the same person, though. You see my Twitter, man, it says Ace. What's but, up, uh, what you got for me? Nah, man, because I want to talk about this Jets, though, because, like, that's really what I really wanted to talk about. Because, like, I'm not gonna lie, I know I'm a big Jets guy. Like, I'm not, that's my team, you know, we we spoke at the, um, we spoke at the Beach Bash, I'm a Jets guy. We did. And, um, like... I really feel like I'm, you've seen Aaron Rodgers before. Like Aaron Rodgers done this numerous times. Like where like he he will go zero and two, zero and one, and just just sweep the table. Zero and three and sweep the table. You feel me? So I could really like see the Jets. I mean, I think the Jets will beat the Bills. I do really feel that. But I could see then us dropping the next two three games and that's then just go on the tier. Like you know what I mean? Just killing it.
1: That's tough, man. I appreciate the call, Ace. But that that's tough. I, one thing that I think is a benefit to having a tough schedule early for this team is that if you get through it swimmingly, like people keep going through the worst case scenario, right? Like one and five, two and four. Let's just say you go four and two. That's supposed to be an extension of the preseason You've had limited time with your offense. You had, had literally have had zero time with your starting offensive line because Dwayne Brown, you know, he wasn't there for that preseason game that they played against the Giants. So if you can find a way, despite not having much experience and camaraderie with that unit, being two games above five hundred through your first six games where the schedule kind of, you know, gets a little bit easier, oh, that puts you in a, a, a great spot. You you I mean imagine how optimistic you would be about the rest of the regular season knowing that the toughest part you just got through 4 and 2 especially if the you know those those wins are the division games with the the, the Bills and the Patriots You you would I mean you would obviously take 3 and 3 2 and 4 I don't think kills you but it's certainly not ideal You're 4 and 2 you feel great <laughs> you you feel awesome about where you are, but you know I I I thought about this yesterday. You remember? So the Jets coming into last season, like there was a one of the biggest topics of conversation was getting off to a fast start, because you know, up until week two, that comeback win over the Browns last year, that improbable win with the off you know onside kick, the Jets hadn't won a September game since Darno's debut back in 2018. So they went 13 straight games in September, all losses. And this September, you've got the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Pats. So at least in recent history, that month has been just an absolute terror to you if you're a Jets fan. And those are three, I mean, great teams with the Bills and the Cowboys expected to at least contend for a Super Bowl. And then the Pats, you've gone 14 straight games where you haven't beaten them. And that that defense is elite. So, home for the Bills at Cowboys, then home for the Pats this September for a team that has struggled historically in this month. Now, the difference is you've never had this quarterback. You've had Darnold and Wilson. You know, like you've had guys who Fitzpatrick. It's a, this is a different monster. It's a different animal. So I, I, I disagree with the caller. I, I think getting off to a quick start, especially in this conference that you know is loaded, where it could come down to tiebreakers at the end, I think that's important. I think that's important. Let's go to Lonnie's and Harlem. What's up, Lonnie?
2: Sensei Towers what's going on? Jacob, Julian, shout out to the company. First of all, we had we had Sal calling that asked for a minute. Then we had Alan calling Curse and then his doppelganger Ace calling. and, and, And I mean, wow. And not shout out to the company. I mean, wow. Anyway but well, do you get like oh, then, do
1: you do you get called to the carpet for that? Like, because you guys, you know, you guys show a lot of love to the I mean, station. I don't,
2: I don't, I don't. Nah, to me, it's just I know some people when you're on hold, you know, it might slip your mind. I do it sometimes too, and I hate when I do that. But oh, but so there's like always, no like,
1: suspension levied for someone who fails nah, to nah, shout nah, out we the don't Come on, pa, come on. I'm okay. just on, wondering. Pa, I don't know on, how me. the company works. I don't know what the you know the the bylaws are with with, with the company. Nah, I'm just wondering.
2: It, listen, I appreciate just when they make the call because I you know a lot of us know exactly who it is but it's always great when you know shout out to the company of course uh, but now listen uh, the reason why I called you uh, before you went to the last break you said what you said about the Giants and uh, it's funny that you brought up the whole Miss Anita show shout out to Miss Anita of course um, I believe last week on her show she had uh, Jordan run on sentence and oh, that's he not nice said,
1: that, come on nah, we gotta do that
2: <laughs> come on Ty you know Ty you already know what it is he, he knows his name I call him come <laughs> on he's seen it on Twitter <laughs> He liked it, I think, too, so he knows what it is. But, um, yeah, he was on the show, and um, he has said um, that luckily all this, you know, this light was being shined on the Jets and all of that because, unfortunately, the Giants line hasn't been – offensive line hasn't been looking too great in, uh, you know, uh, camps and preseasons and, and stuff like that. So, that's really, to me, the only real thing. Like, when I was listening, like, that made me, like, look at the radio, like, oh, like. Well, this is the first time I'm hearing about this, and it was like week three already. So, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, we basically, basically about to go into the season, and you're saying it now. So, it's just like, you know, things like that. Other than that, I mean, like you said, Hyatt's been getting a lot of love. Wallace has been having a crazy camp. Um, I expect DJ to have a good season. I can, when We can only hope that Saquon stays as healthy as possible. You know, things of that nature. But that was the only thing that made me, like, really flare up and say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know I mean, like, yeah I mean, my first time hearing about this. And if the Jets is having that same thing, you know, like I said, you know, if you expect Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers to have these great seasons to carry their team well, offensively, they're not going to be able to do that if those men in front of them is not doing their job. No, so I, and I get that. But
1: I appreciate that. But you would imagine if those guys do have great seasons – it meant that the line held up in order for them to do that. And we talk a lot about what the the first six games looked like for the Jets. you look at the Giants and it's brutal as well. Well, first of all, you've got three of your first four prime time, beginning with that week one, home game against Dallas, who we haven't beaten since 2016. That was Dak's rookie year. That's the last time you beat the Cowboys. Then you go, and it's a win. We, we might as well not even play that game week two in Arizona. They're tanking. They're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They have no interest in winning. Their head coach, what was that? Jacob, did you see that speech he gave the other day to his team? He's like, how did you get here? Did you drive? Did you take the? It was confusing. Everyone looked like they they had no idea what was going on.
2: Yeah, we actually have that uh, speech. I can play it right now if you want. Yeah,
1: let's hear it real quick.
3: Welcome back. Who drove over here? Quick, let me see your hands. Who took the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? Did you? We're here for a reason. Don't get that twisted. Okay, we're here for a reason to win games. So if you didn't have that fire in your gut, you better light the fire pretty fast. Oh, Be man. who you are, just understand, I'm looking for f- killers.
1: That's brutal, there's a lot wrong with that. He's got no confidence, there's no base in his voice. He comes across as like he's a bad actor, like the line, the, the script is all messed up, people are
2: confused. You can honestly tell that was super forced. Like he practiced (laughs) it in the mirror before he got there because he like you said, it was no confidence in it that he was looking for killers. I believe it more in the head coach from Detroit. Yeah, Dan Campbell, Campbell, where he wants to like rip
1: kneecaps. Like you need some you need to be persuasive. Go up there and like slam tables. If you have to maybe naturally you just don't have bass in your voice. You got to overcompensate with something else. So you got to start, you know, punching tables and slamming things. Like to, to, to come across like that, you ain't inspiring anybody talking like that.
2: I mean, there's a bunch of stuff going on in Arizona. They're tanking. I, I, it, it's just absolutely horrible what's going on.
1: They're tanking, and, you know, they, they want to have the worst record so they can get the first pick and then land Caleb Williams. So that should be a win for the Giants. Then week three, you go to San Francisco uh, against a, a, a team that, Could win the Super Bowl this year, then home for Seattle, then you go at Miami, at Buffalo. So the thing with the Giants is, I get that your only path, realistically, if we're being fair, and I think Giants fans would admit this too, your only real path to a playoff spot is via the wild card. But those wild card teams that in theory you'll be going up against, battling for it, they're on your schedule. Seattle, that's on your schedule. And actually here at Anita, she says she's picking the Seahawks to to win the NFC West. So if if you're in line with that thinking, San Francisco, that's a team you're going to be battling with for a wild card. Washington, I mean, there are wins to be had on this schedule. Is it tougher? Of course. But your team is better and your head coach is awesome. So I think your expectations should be higher. 800-919-3776. Alan Hahn is going to join us at 5 o'clock. We are going to go all over the map. I'm excited to talk to him, my good friend. But when we return, we'll take your phone calls. Hit me up on Twitter, at Butler, Instagram as well. We're going until, until 6.30. Yankees, Astros, game two of this series. Coming your way right here on 9870 ESPN.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Final weekend of the summer, unofficially. One last shebang before kids go back to school, which I know a lot of parents out there must be ecstatic about. It just creates a whole another chore and a challenge when you can't get the kids into summer camp because it's so expensive. I saw a price is like five hundred dollars a week to get a, 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 your child in summer camp. It's competitive, it's it's expensive. So now you gotta find all of these things to do to keep them engaged during the summer. And it's just it's taxing. So, you know, they go back to school and now your summer can start. So if you're a parent out there, I know a lot of them are happy that school is back in session so you can get the kids out the house, into, into school, and they could go out there and live their lives. 800-919-3776. Before I get back to the phone calls, I want to mention this uh, one thing on the Giants. The path, like it's simple to lay out. It's tough to execute. But it starts with how you perform in your division. Win more than win more one game in your division, as I said. Take care of business in your in your division. Can you get three and three? Is that too much to ask? Another thing is, don't go four seven and one against teams with winning records. It, it's it's hard to it's it's so impressive when you look at what what the Giants did last year. Four seven and one against teams with winning records. They won one division game and somehow they still made the playoffs. Now, how did they counteract those bad numbers? They played the AFC South and swept them. I just don't understand, though, this, well, they played a lot of one-score games last season. Okay, they're a better team. You're expecting them to now lose all those one-score games? Just because the schedule's tougher? where well, your team's tougher. You've got a head coach you really love in year two, a quarterback in year two of this system. Doesn't mean you're going to lose all those one-score games. You can still win them. Now, to that same level of success at the, at that rate, maybe not. But you still should be in all of these games, and maybe you win some of those division games you lost last year. 800-919-3776. one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Anthony in the Bronx. What's up, Anthony?
3: What's up, time? Big fan of yours.
1: Appreciate you, bro.
3: I I want that to the point. I feel like too many people are downplaying the Giants for this year, which I like because I want to be under the radar. The Jets, you know, everybody's talking about the Jets, but I feel like the Giants are going to have a bigger season. Because, one, like you are saying, Daniel Jones, I feel like he's going to have a better season. He's going to have more confidence in himself to make those throws. And there's going to be less drop passes because the receivers are actually competent to catch the ball compared to last year when we had Richie James or even Kenny Galladay and stuff like that. And my second point I want to bring up, which I get really angry about, if Jalen Hurts was in the Giants, he wouldn't be considered a superstar like he is in the Eagles. Like, if we think about it, Jalen Hurts was put in the system. Like, two years ago, Philadelphia wanted him out. They weren't even thinking about him being the star quarterback. But guess what they did? They got him a good offensive line. They got him a number one receiver in A.J. Brown. They have another one receiver in Devontae Smith. They have an elite tight end. And they have one of the best defense in the whole league. Uh, side of the 49ers which i think is better if daniel jones is in the philo- philadelphia we'll be talking about how danny jones is a superstar but he's not so i you know sometimes i think about like why don't people talk about jones like the way that people talk about Hurts? well listen like, it's hard i
1: i i understand partially where you're coming from anthony and i appreciate the call danny jones is not as good as Hurts. He's not. And the reason why people talk more about Jalen Hurts is because last year his team was in the Super Bowl. Last year he finished second in the MVP. And I understand that he's he's gifted with the receivers and with the with the with the weapons he has. But he shouldn't apologize for that. He's able to maximize that. There are a lot of, you know, average quarterbacks who get great weapons and, and do nothing. So he has certainly set himself apart. I will say, in order for us to get to a level of, you know, us anointing him into that, like, top five quarterback conversation, he does need to do it another year. Like, we saw it it all of last season, how awesome he was. And I actually think if he doesn't get hurt, he wins the MVP. And he was so close to winning a Super Bowl. What a magical season that would have been. If he's able to repeat that, put up that same production, and the Eagles go on another run, I think that would silence some of his doubters. Because even Cowboys fans feel the same way. Like, why is it that Dak gets crushed the way that he does? You think if if he played on the Eagles, he wouldn't be able to have that success? And, you know, it's, it's a silly game to play because you just never know with the hypotheticals. I happen to think Hurts is a really good quarterback, maybe even great quarterback. But I, I'm with you. He has to he has to prove it. He has to do it again. And and if he doesn't, people aren't gonna be sold on him. Dave's in the car. Wants to talk jets. What's up, Dave?
4: What's going on, Ty? What's going on, man?
1: Love the energy, just, bro. What's going on?
4: Yeah, man. I, I gotta say this, man. What what people don't realize is that all those quarterbacks that you mentioned, all these great quarterbacks in the AFC and so on and so forth, they're not facing Aaron Rodgers. They're facing that Jets. Defense. Talk about and it. That Jets defense is like a top five defense. Like you can compare that defense to like, look at what happened with Peyton Manning. He was a shell of himself when he when he was in uh, for that last year, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that they compare to with Tom Brady because he's literally another coach on the field. He's literally another coach on the field. All those other quarterbacks you said, you can't say that about them. You can't say that about Joe Burrow. You can't say that about – I mean, I go down and listen to all the quarterbacks. You cannot – they don't have that kind of experience. Well, listen, here, Dave, that.
1: Dave, look, I, I'm a Jet fan like you. I'm excited. Mahone, you can say wrongfully – that Mahomes doesn't have that type of, you know, leadership that you're alluding to that Rodgers does. Mahomes got two Super Bowls. My g, like it, it's hard to be critical of him. And and elevating Rodgers, you don't need to diminish those guys who have more recently either won championships or been to a Super Bowl.
4: I understand that, but then there was a time that he lost in a Super Bowl too. But he got there. He got there, he got Dave. There, but at the same time, and he had no he went, offensive line. <laughs>
1: He he's hitting guy. He's throwing passes with his you know half of his fanny on the ground, uh, three quarters hitting guys in the helmet in the end zone. I, I I hear you.
4: I hear you. Pat Mahomes is 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 a genius. I mean he he's something different. But at the end of the day, it's just one quarterback. You can't compare that to all the other quarterbacks that's in the league. There's only a handful. And Aaron Rodgers with that defense, they can go to the Super Bowl if. Peyton Manning could do it. Why can't Aaron Rodgers do it? That's all I got
1: to say. I appreciate the call. It's a different time now because the teams, that the conference wasn't as loaded as it is now. And that Denver Broncos defense was just, I mean, legendary. It, it, it was one of the best defensive units that in recent memory, I'll say. I don't want to go too far and say NFL history, but at least in v- recent memory. And Von Miller ends up getting the Super Bowl MVP. I hear you about what Rodgers playing with an elite defense can do because we haven't seen him have like this good of a defense since his Super Bowl season in 2010. That was 13 years ago. Uh, the jet, the jets on that side of the ball, I could actually make a case was a little underrated, a hair underrated last year. And yes, they were number four, like all the rankings, but you could make the, you could make a strong case. They had the toughest assignment given what their quarterback situation was. They knew they couldn't give up any points. There's a lot of pressure on every defense, but specifically this one that knew that they were getting zero level production, and that's, you know, speaking kindly. It was either, you know, it was basically a net negative at quarterback what they were getting, and to still be that elite. I gave the stat earlier, they lost four games last season, scoring 20 or fewer points. Four games, 20. Teams get 20 in their sleep now with the way the game is played. Four games they lost. One game they lost uh, in Foxborough. The the Pats often scored three points. So when you go from what you got under center last season to Rodgers, the question is just, which Aaron are you getting? Are you getting the guy who last year looked wash or in the three prior seasons who, check this out, had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 111-13? to (laughs) he almost was plus 100 in touchdown to interception ratio. That's unbelievable. Three-year run. Two of those years he won MVP. Is he closer to that guy or to the one we saw last season with a chance to get his team to the playoffs at home against the Lions with nothing to play for, fold? As a Jet fan, you know what I'm rooting for. But I, I can't sit here and and allow you to criticize Mahomes and, you know, Burrow's not that guy. Those guys have been to Super Bowls more recently than Aaron has. Let's not get it twisted. As high as we are on this team, the Bengals and the Chiefs are still the class of this conference. I think the Jets right now are with there with Buffalo. I think they're with there with Baltimore and all the other teams you'll name. But Cincinnati and, and Kansas City are a full notch ahead of them entering the season. That can change. That can change. But entering the year, those teams are ahead of them. 800-919-3776. going to join us at 5 o'clock. Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: I can't believe you would call here and, and try to impugn the greatness of Mahomes. After what we saw last year, it's like you got it, bro. You got it. Like we've seen enough coming into the season, people questioned what the offense was going to look like post Tyreek Hill. Didn't miss a beat. Get to the, you get to what he hurt his. He hurt his ankle against the Jags, I believe it was. Yep. And it's like, oh, is he going to be able to get past the Bengals? Three straight losses to him. Got past them. Best team in football, the Eagles. What were they down ten in the Super Bowl? Got past them. At this point, it's just like, you got it. You got it, bro. Until we see otherwise. I mean, every year he's been a starter. He's hosted a championship game. He's been to three Super Bowls, and the only one he lost was when he had no offensive line. He still, uh, to some degree, made that interesting, at least in the first half. You throw your hands up, Jacob, and you're like, yo, you got it, my G. It's it's that, it's
2: yours, man. Yo, it was like, Pat Mahomes can have me, you, and Julian out there. He'll still be the best quarterback. We'll
1: be all pro receivers, man. Playing with Patrick Mahomes, you know how they say, like, this is Beyonce's radio. This is Patrick Mahomes' league. This is this this is his world. We're just living in it. We're hoping, we're hoping that you could if if you're a Jet fan, you could find a way that you know for Rodgers to, to play up to his level, and your defense can be the difference. Speaking of defense, Chris Jones, and we'll get back to your phone calls eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Chris Jones. You know, so he's holding out right now, has threatened to miss the first eight weeks of the season. Came across this stat that over the past five seasons, quarterback pressure percentage. The Chiefs, with him on the field, ranked first. With Jones off the field, they are 28. That could be a big deal. That could be a big deal. It's just that Mahomes has now baptized us, and we just can't look at any of their potential flaws as as ones that could derail them simply because he's the quarterback of that team, and he's he's the ultimate medicine. He's the ultimate deodorizer. Alan's in Morristown. What's up, Alan?
0: Hi. How are you? So look, I'm a Giants fan, but I love the Jets. You got to say their quarterback is the classiest guy in the world. Uh, I think the but you know it's all about the offensive line. The Jet the Giants are are good, but I think it's about Jones and whether he's a really able quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's the weakness for the giants. The point is it, there's certain magic that happens in football, baseball, any basketball. It's how the team performs. And ultimately I think Rogers is a great leader. I think the giants have a lot of leaders. We got to wait and see to see how well they're going to do. I think both teams are really exciting I'm excited by the prospective season. And I think all these people that cast doubt on guys like Mahomes, I agree with you. That's crazy. He's great. And uh, he's got his own style. God bless him. And he's really good. The last thing I want to say is I think Cashman's got to go. I'm sick of hearing about uh, him staying. I think Hal is going to fire him. Maybe not this coming year but he hired a firm to come in to analyze the Yankees. Usually you do that when you're going to make a major change. I think he's going to get rid of Cashman. I think it's not so easy to do for him, but I think he's going to do it. That's all I have to say.
1: Appreciate the call. I got to see it, man. I got to see it happen before I believe that. How this is the most pressure he's had on him as an owner since taking over the team for George he's never or actually took it over from Hank technically he's never experienced a season this disappointing that could lead to a potential firing right like in, uh, at the end of of 2021 when they lost that wild card game to the Red Sox with Cole just you know vomiting all over himself on the mound like you thought Boone could not get extended, and then he gets an extension. And then after last season, when they just got hosed by the Astros, we thought maybe Cashman doesn't return. Then he got extended. That's the problem with the Yankees. It's the lack of accountability. You keep selling your fan base on this mantra of championship or bust, then the bust happens, and no one's held accountable. You just bring the same guys back. So I got to see it to believe it. I'm with you. I think Cashman, like two things— can be true. Cashman has done a great job with this organization over three plus decades, never having a losing season until this year, you know, if that happens. They're pretty much in the playoffs every year. What's the stat? They've played 16 games in the regular season that were technically, you know, deemed meaningless. So he's done a great job. But there is an element of there's time for a change. There's time for a new voice. And that's not a crime. You can appreciate what someone has done for you while also acknowledging it's over. It's done. He's been here, what is it, 26 years as the GM? And then he was an assistant before that? Like, it's time. It's time. That's it. We're done. Let's let's go get someone else to come in here, freshen things up, you know, bang him, bang Boone. It's over. Let's start this thing over. And the fact that they're bringing in that you know, third party to evaluate things that are going on, I guess, could lead to hope that that does happen. That's another thing with Boom. People, uh, he's a great manager. Well, great how? What does he do well? What's he great at? I'm still waiting to learn that. What's he great at? He's a great manager. Okay, why? Well, he's made the playoffs four straight seasons. No manager in MLB history has ever done that. Okay. Not a lot of managers inherit a team that just went to Game Seven of a championship series, so the Yankees clearly had the talent, and not a lot of managers inherited a team that just went to Game Seven of, of the World Series or a championship series. That's one of the highest payrolls in baseball, so now you can outspend whatever mistakes you made. So he came into a great situation. I don't want to take credit away from him. He's done. He's done well, but I just this idea that he's great, I just don't see it because then every time you meet. That with criticism of him, the counter is, well, it's an organizational decision. So we can give him credit when things go well, but once things aren't going well, he can't get blamed because it's all organizational? That doesn't make sense to me. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike?
5: Well, first of all, you're smoother than the rear end of a newborn. Man, you're getting good. Thank Uh, you, man. do me well, you're welcome. You know how I feel about you. I know you're 10 years. You're working there, what, eight, eight and a half? Uh, six years
1: since 20, oh, April sorry. of 2017.
5: Yeah, and I, and I knew you're from Syracuse, right? The year you graduate school. Okay, tell uh, Allen. Though uh, I like that the Knicks are building it from the back to the front. If you remember, I think that's a good strategy. Okay, I know I don't know a lot about football. I know enough. Buddha is is he's the go-to for me, and uh, he's steadfast on the Jets. Aaron Rodgers fits somewhere in between Mahomes and and uh, the kid on Philly, and then the other bunch, the Cincinnati guy, and four or five others. Do you expect him at third? 39 to, to, you know, take the leadership as, uh, as a mutual friend. Bill Daucher said he's one good hit away from being on the shelf. I hope he does well because good friends of mine are Jets fans. And I think he will. But let's not, uh, you know, put him in the top three or four quarterbacks because he may be, you know, he's 39. He'll be fine. It'll be better than what they had that 's for sure so so enjoy it they're going to be some close games and we 'll see how the line holds up as far as the uh, uh the Yankee guy yesterday i 'm thinking about you with, with the with the two kids and i 'm going. Can it get any better than coming up against the first ballot Hall of Famer, a Cy mm. Young award winner, hitting the first pitch out of the ballpark? That's what kids dream about. Oh, man, you he... can't get uh, – top it. Can you top it unless oh. it's a game winner? And you don't get a game winner unless you pinch hit it. Unless it's, I, a, um,
1: unless it's a game winner or a, a more meaningful game. But sure, uh, you, you take that. And that moment, especially against that team in that ballpark, which has been a house of horrors. Oh, uh, for the Yankees! It's an unbelievable moment.
5: Yeah, it's pretty hot down there. Trey lives down there near there, and it's it's really hot, and the ball carries. But the kid's got an interesting body. If he can, he's a catcher, right?
1: Uh you said Dominguez.
5: Uh, Dominguez is a center field. No, right? Austin, yes, yeah. okay. a center
1: field. yes, Dominguez is the center. Austin can, Wills is is if, the catcher. Okay,
5: if he right, that's right. I'm sorry, but if he can go get him, you plug two holes. And I told Gordon and Larry. You know, we all love you, Ty. I mean, I don't want to overstate it on the air, but I don't give a crap at this point in my life. I really don't. I mean, you're just getting better by the minute. So say hello to Alan for me. Throw that at him. I'll listen to you. and. one of your kids gets up and has a moment like that and hits the first pitch out or catches the first TD pass. You you, you can't get better than that challenge
1: Challenger. Not at all. And I appreciate the love, Spike. Hope you and the family are well. 800 919 Noah's out here, two years old, dunking a basketball. You know, the little the play hoop, saying Kobe as he's dunking the ball. How cool is that, Jacob? Saying Kobe.
2: I think as a link affair for you, that had to be one of your Man, proudest
1: moments. Man, I tagged Kobe on in Instagram. I'm like, yo, this is one of my proudest moments. He's like, Kobe, long live the legend. Alan Han coming up next, 98.7 ESPN.
4: This
0: is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.